I need to pray one more time. I forgot to pray for me. And I, Lord knows I need prayer. <laughs> Father, uh, come at this time to give a message, Lord. I pray that this would be uh, your message, um, Lord, that though it will be my voice, that you would empty me out of this because it doesn't need to have anything to do with me. It needs to have everything to do with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome. We're at, in the Ask the Movies series. Um, we did, I did this last year, and, and it was the first time I tried it, so we're going to give it another shot this year. Uh, the premise that I'm operating from during this, this series is that God can be found anywhere you look, including at the movies. So we're going to take some movies. My, my task is to, to take some movies and find themes that align with who God is and teach us something about him. So this year we're going to be using Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas was suggested, so we're going to use it, Gifted, where's Harold, Stagecoach, <laughs> I watched it once, I, I'll have to watch it again, <laughs> uh, Christopher Robin, Gary Nicholson's going to be preaching while I'm away, he's going to use The Princess Bride, and uh, Andy Witt will be preaching uh, as well, and he's, gonna, he's looking at, at several different ones, so he hasn't yet decided. But today's movie is a movie about, fr- about the band Queen. It's called Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's not one that, that I recommend for children since it's rated PG-13, uh, but it's the story of Freddie Mercury and the band Queen, and uh, I thought about doing the easiest thing with this because I could choose to talk about how material things don't fill uh, that, that, that hole inside of us. There's a God-shaped hole in us that you can pour as much material stuff into as you want, and it doesn't fulfill you because Freddie Mercury had everything materially that a person could want. He had lavish parties, all kinds of stuff, and, and yet he was an unhappy man. Could have used a couple of, of uh, passages in that. Matthew six nineteen through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That would have been an easy one, right? Because if you lay your treasures up for here on the earth, guess what? You know, they're going to rust and they're going to fade away. Could have also gone with Luke 12, 15. Take care and be on your guard against covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And there are many other passages of Scripture, but as I was watching this movie, and I watched it a couple of times, there were two things that kind of jumped out at me. And so this is the first one. This is a, a, a clip from the movie. Higher. Can you go a bit higher? If I go any higher, only dogs will hear me. Try. Galileo! Galileo Figaro! Higher. Jesus, how many more Galileos do you want? One more, one more. One more. Again. Go on, roll the track. Who even is Galileo? Are we done? That's it. He loves you. Who is 
just Galileo anyway. You know, just <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, the song. It's, uh, it's one of our youth theme songs, right? That's what we... Go ahead, go. <laughs> okay, we sing it in the car when nobody else is there. That's, that's, our, that's our venue. Uh, it's one of the greatest rock songs of all time. Uh, Thomas Baker had this to say, thinking back into, to the recording of this song. The Bohemian Rhapsody was totally insane, but we enjoyed every minute of it. It was basically a joke, but it was a successful joke. We had to record it in three separate units. We did the whole beginning bit, then the middle bit, then the whole end. It was complete madness. The middle part started off being just a couple of seconds, but Freddie kept coming in with more Galileos, and we kept adding to, to the opera section. It just got bigger and bigger. We never stopped laughing. That was at a time when rock bands were so intent on being heavy. This was not exactly a cool idea. It was very left of center. Here's the thing. They did that, that one guy, well, the, the, the one person singing it. But May, Brian May, uh, Freddie Mercury, and Roger Taylor, I think this is his name, reportedly sang their vocal parts continually for 10 to 12 hours a day. They just looped this and looped this. The entire piece took three weeks to record, and some sections featured 180 separate overdubs at a time when it was analog. It was just tape, you know. Uh, Freddie Mercury had a vision for this song. He, he had a picture of what he wanted it to be, and he was persistent in his pursuit of that. I mean, obsessive almost <laughs> in his pursuit of this, this song. The Bible has a lot to say about being persistent in our journey. Do you know that we're going to have ups and downs, and we're going to have rough, rough stretches? We're going to have spots where we don't see how we're going to quite make it through. But yet, we, could, we continue forward. Luke 11. Oh, did I go too far? No, that's it. Luke 11. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. That's the, the NIV version. The, the NLT, the New Living Translation, says this. So I tell you, keep on asking. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Don't give up. Keep fishing. Keep throwing the line out there. You're not going to catch anything <laughs> if you don't put the line in the water. You're not going to get an answer to prayer when we give up on it. We're not going to get to the place where we need to get if we go to here and we stop. That song would not have become what it is without persistence. Our faith will not become what it needs to be without persistence. There's a parable. We visited this a few weeks ago. It's found in Luke 18, 1 through 8. Jesus told his disciples this parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Say that with me. Always pray and not give up. That's from Jesus to his disciples. You know who his disciples are now, right? Take a look around because it's us. You know? So that's what he says to us. He says, always pray and don't give up. In a certain town, there was a judge who didn't fear God or <laughs> care what people thought. Didn't care. There was a widow in the town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God, even though I don't care what people think, still I'm going to give her what she's asking for because she's bugging the fool out of me. 
That's Mike's version of the passage. But she is. She's bugging. She's bugging me. And I, she's annoying me to death. I'm going to give her what she asked for. And the Lord said this. Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see they get justice. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? You know, keep going. Keep persisting. Keep moving forward. Being persistent is something that each of us needs in our faith journey. I need it. You need it. There are times when, when I struggle, guys. There are times when I'm barely, I'm putting a foot in front of another. You know, that's the next right thing mentality. and I'm just doing the best I can. There are other times when it's easy. It's going to be that way for every one of us in this place. But we keep, our, keep moving. We keep looking for. We keep drawing near to God. Because this persistence leads us into eternity. Revelation 14, 12 through 14. This calls for the patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. For Queen, they created an anthem that has stood the test of time, but I got to tell you, there's going to be a day when it disappears. Great song, love the song, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. We'll keep singing it in youth, quietly, well, loudly, but not in front of y'all. We'll keep doing that. But for us, this persistence carries us into eternity, takes us from here to there and beyond. We are members of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Queen also cared about engaging their audience. And this is the other thing that I wanted to take from this. And this is what Mike did with y'all really well here a minute ago. It's a great song. Come on. Now, I want you to clap on the third beat. What's going on? You know if you're on time. I want to give the audience a song that they can perform. So what can they do? Imagine thousands of people doing this in unison. Huh? Well, what's the lyric? really struck me immediately because so often we treat church as this place we go to, right? This, this thing that we do on Sunday mornings. But that's not really the church. Being the church is all about uh, what we do when we engage in, in answering the call that each of us has. Uh, we like to applaud for Jesus. I did a series a, a year or so ago about this. You know, we like to applaud, but we got to get on the field. Do, are we participating with him in reaching into this community, reaching into this world? This passage will be familiar to you. Uh, then the 11 disciples went to Galil Gal Galileo. <laughs> Galileo! <laughs> Figaro. I'm just a poor boy. 
Wait a minute, where was I? Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. That's, that's a place. It's not a, not a dude. To the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. I'm a mess, you know. <laughs> but some doubted. And then Jesus said to them, right? Getting familiar? All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of most of the nations, baptizing a few of them. And no, no. Go, <laughs> go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. I love that part. The promise, even to the very end of the age. I love what Queen tried to do with their audiences. And it wasn't just with We Will Rock You, but they drew them into the performance. They wanted to make them a part of it. You know, Freddie Mercury, there was a song called Ayo, where he'd, Ayo, and then they would echo him. You know, and, and he did this back and forth with them to engage the audience, to engage them with the band. And I got to tell you, the engaged church is powerful. It's powerful when we get this together. Just as of this 1 Corinthians 12, just as a body, though one has many parts, because this is us, by the way. This is the body of Christ. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We were all given this, the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye... Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while the presentable parts need no special treatment. Hear this. God has put the body together so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices. Now, you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each of us in this place, each of us as a member of the body of, of Christ has a role to play. We're at our best and our strongest when each of us fulfills that which we are called to. When Mike Devine does the Mike Devine thing, when Corey Rumbaugh does the Corey Rumbaugh thing, when, when Thomas Dearman does the Thomas Dearman thing, when Andy Ray does the, you know what I mean? When we do the part that each of us are called to and we encourage one another and we seek this unity because, look, the, there's division everywhere. It's a battle for unity. Isn't that funny? We've got to fight for unity, but we do. We've got to fight for unity, but when we get it, it's incredibly powerful. There was a, there, I, I remember going to a Michael W. Smith <laughs> And Third Day concert a very, very long time ago. I know I'm very old. Michael W. Smith doesn't tour a whole lot anymore. Third Day opened for Michael W. Smith. 
they were a relatively new band. They had this song. It, Michael W. Smith actually wrote it, but it was Third Day that made it popular. It's called Agnes Day. And it just, you know, I remember us there and, and remember singing this song. Alleluia. Alleluia. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Alleluia. Alleluia. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Alleluia. Holy. Holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy, holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. 15,000 people singing. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. Together in one place. I remember it because it was that powerful. It was this unity in the body. It was an amazing moment. Here's my takeaway, though, from We Will Rock You. Queen could have just put on a show. Most performers do that. They keep themselves separate from the audience, kept up the wall of safety between performer and listener. But this song was intended to break down those walls, to bring the audience into the performance. For us, God wants us to not be the audience, to not be sitting back, to be a part of. I like to think that he created us differently for the purpose of reaching all. And by now, y'all know what I think all means, right? All. I share that my gifts and grace is given to me. You share yours given to you, and more people will be impacted. God will be even more glorified. And I understand well that glorifying God was not on Queen's camp, you know, wasn't in, the, in their intent. But their attempt to draw the audience into the song to draw the, the, the people into relationship is something that God wants for all of us. He wants to draw each of us into relationship with him. He wants to have that with us. Jesus was never one to sit in the bleachers, by the way. He always had a place to go, and he went. That's who he was, and that's, if we're going to follow him, we're going to have to do that. <laughs>